Hello, United Ireland listeners. Una here with a bonus podcast called Help, My Granny Slash Grandad Won't Stay at Home. Um, that is not a personal uh, remark. It's simply uh, trying to capture some of the difficulties that people are having with convincing um, people in their family who are over 70 uh to cocoon. Now, obviously, most people are doing every single thing that they can possibly do. They're abiding by all the rules. They're doing everything right. It's a huge sacrifice. It's a huge mental strain. I can't imagine the kind of the head fuck of a really, uh, to be perfectly blunt, to be to, to be having to do all these things, even though a lot of people are kind of self-isolating um, as much as they can as well, whatever their age is. And it's important to point out as well that we're not going after um our older loved ones here at all but the fact is there are different rules for people over 70 uh, than under 70 um, and maybe you know as we go on um, the lockdown will get tighter on that so anyway I've been having some of these conversations with friends um, within my own family see, and other people's families and um, seeing people talk online and, and all these like rules around cocooning are so uh you know they're drastic and how do we um get people who may be a little bit resistant to them for loads of different reasons uh to get on board and one of the people I was talking to this about uh talking about this to is a good friend of mine Sarah Gilligan she's a psychotherapist in a practice called Capable Minds on Capable Street in Dublin and she always has really really uh insightful thoughts on you know people's emotional behavior and emotional interiors and the reactions and why they might be acting in a certain way and all that kind of stuff as you would um kind of gain uh uh, that kind of insight as a a psychotherapist so for this bonus podcast uh we basically just figured out you know when I was talking to Sarah I was like wow you know this is actually a really valuable conversation this this advice that you're talking about Let's actually have it again on the podcast because I do feel that people may get uh, something out of it if you are kind of stressed out or frustrated or worried about your loved ones um, amongst all of our remarkable elders in this country. So here's the chat that I have with Sarah Gilligan. Um, I hope you guys uh, get something out of it. I found it very instructive. And um, until the next bonus podcast or the next official episode, um, here it is and see you soon. So, Sarah Gilligan, tell me about yourself. What do you do? Hi, Una. I am a um, I'm a psychotherapist. Um, so I sit with people, and people tell me things that they might be stuck on, or you know, relationship issues, or difficulties that they're having in their world. And uh, we start the process of trying to unfold what might be helpful for them. And yeah, so that's essentially what I do pretty much every day before we um talk about the the kind of this topic about the difficulties that people may be having with um people in their family or their their what uh kind of close circle um i just want to ask you like how is this um period uh for you as a um psychotherapist because obviously it's an extraordinarily anxious time for everyone it is, and it's uh, absolutely, I think it's the first time that everybody finds themselves in the same boat at the same time, so it's quite an extraordinary moment. Um, in terms of being a therapist at this moment, it is, it has required change for a lot of people, so I would have mostly seen, I'd say 90% of my practice would have been face-to-face or groups or, or couples in the room, 
Um, whereas now it is all on Zoom or FaceTime. So it just it has required a little bit of change on both ends. So the relationship changes ever so slightly. Um, but if but it's still, you know, I find I I have found the transition pretty straightforward because I have done a huge amount of online work anyways in the past. So and I'm kind of grateful for that. So it's not a big shock to my system. But in terms of our clients or my clients, it just takes a little adjustment, you know. You know, I've had to have sessions with people in their cars or where they can nab their 50 minutes away from a family situation or a work situation. or So it's, it's very different. It's very mm. different. So when we were talking before um, uh, about, you know, the, the, the huge kind of uh, mental constraints and emotional turmoil that this crisis is throwing up, as you said, for everyone, like everyone's in the same boat. But there are particular... Um, difficulties I think uh, in trying to convince people of, of certain behaviours uh, that came in with the, the stricter lockdown in Ireland in terms of cocooning uh, the two kilometre rule and basically the, the I think a thing that a lot of people are finding is it's, it's really hard to convince people when you're not uh, in the same room as them <laughs> you know when you're just yeah. you're talking over the phone and you don't necessarily know if they're acting on your advice or anything like that so for that first part, um, with regards to trying to create that connection with somebody where they might listen to you, um, how can you do that effectively if you're not face to face? So it can, as you said, it can be really, really tricky. And it depends on if that person, if anybody is able to hear us, right? So if you make a phone call to somebody or if you're chatting to somebody on the phone, let's take the phone, for example, and you're still not seeing somebody face to face. So you're not online. You're just chatting to somebody on the phone. I think it's really asking the person if they are hearing the um, the importance of what is being said. Like, do you understand the importance of the words around we can't go outside, depending on who I might be talking to? that we have to be mindful of distancing, we have to be mindful of staying within the 2K and, and all of that. I think it's really asking if the person at the under end, other end of the call is understanding the complexity of what's being asked and if they really, truly understand how that what that means to them. Mm. Um, because you are right, if you're not in the room with somebody else and you're not able to gauge with body language or with just concentration levels, you know, you could be on the phone to somebody and they could be washing the dishes, they could have the television on. There's loads of different things that could be happening in the background. So concentration levels might not be the same as if you're standing or sitting in front of somebody, like, you know, in a house or in, in an apartment or whatever it might be. So I think it's, it's kind of asking for maybe a, a moment of concentration. Right. So that's a really good starter, I suppose, to enter into these conversations. And then there's the details of them. So the things that I've been hearing from different people, both online and people in my life is, mm -hmm. um, let's say if you have now, I, I, we're not uh, we're focusing on older people um, in our families or that we have strong connections to simply because um, people over 70 have to abide by the strictest aspects of lockdown. So it's, we're not saying like oh, older people are behaving in a certain way or whatever it is. There are different um, rules for people over 70 um, and, and most people seem to be abiding by those things. And obviously you kind of only really hear about extremes um, we don't necessarily hear uh, the broad good behavior of everyone. Um, so just when when the very basic thing 
um, for kind of, let's say there's two parties involved. One is an older person who doesn't seem to be abiding by, let's say, the cocooning thing. They may be leaving their house. They may be going for walks that are not like, let's say, essential. They may be visiting other people. Um, so that's what the one one part, the protagonist, let's say. And then there's the person trying to convince them not to do that, who may be becoming frustrated, upset. Um, how should the person who's trying to convince somebody, apart from the concentration thing, enter into that conversation or asking for com- uh, concentration? Mm-hmm. Um, and then then we maybe get into uh, reasons why a person may not be abiding by the rules. So how should you enter into that conversation? Because it can be difficult uh, for it not to slip into conflict straight away. Yes, conflict is sometimes inevitable in some of these moments so we have to go in I think it's really helpful to go in as gently as we possibly can and to manage firstly I think it's to manage our own expectations of what the conversation might sound like or what how it might um end up I think that's I think we have to get to that point before we even pick up the phone to have the conversation so if you know if you're talking about somebody that you know quite well a family member etc I think really step into that relationship before you pick up the phone, really step in and go, I know this person as as I do. And what do I imagine that person might say or do? And it's not to try and come up with all the ways to try and get around that. But it's how might you best continue a conversation with somebody so that you're not trying to shut them down or you don't feel that they are shutting you down. So I think that has to happen first. So managing your expectation. I think once you, you you start the conversation, I think, again, it's back to gentleness. It's going, listen, can I have two minutes or three minutes or five minutes of your time? I want to run something by you. And it's taking a really open um, approach to something. It's not about maybe starting a conversation about, I've heard that you are blah. It's not going out to Aldi every 20 minutes. It's, it's not about doing that first. It's about, can I have some of your time? And then... Yes, we proceed with caution from there. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, I, so the word convincing to me is automatically like a red flag because we can't really convince somebody else to do something, but all we can do is offer all of the information and that person as an autonomous person is going to do whatever they are going to do. And we have to come to some kind of agreement internally first and with the other person that that is going to happen. But all we can do is is proffer all of that information and concern and everything else. Like picking up the phone to somebody and going, um, can I have, you know, are you available to take, you know, can I take five minutes of your time? Are you around for a couple of minutes? Or can you sit down and grab a cup of tea and let's have a conversation? And if they go, yes, absolutely, that sounds delightful. Um, you, you just say it. You're like, uh, are, you know, how are you feeling about all of this that's going on? How are you feeling about feeling maybe more... Um, trapped or isolated or not able to get out or how, how are you processing what's going on in the news or what we're being asked to do so it's offering maybe a question so that they can tell you and you know I've had to have, have some of these conversations and just some of the answers I've got are like yeah grand it's all fine and it's that can almost stop a conversation but I, I think the hope is that you're able to maybe gently proceed and go all right okay have you been going out or where have you been going or how are you minding yourself around that that's probably the next place. I, can I, I just want to say one thing as well, which is really important, is to notice a, a, an age rank difference if there is one. Because we're, like at the moment, we're talking about 
like the older um, community, like the, the our elders, for example. So automatically, there's going to be a, a kind of a ranking difference, right? So if you're, what do you mean by that ranking difference? So if you imagine you're you and you pick up the phone to somebody, or if I'm me, you know, in my thirties, and I pick up the phone to somebody who's maybe over seventy, I have to remember that somebody who is over seventy, not everybody. I am not making like you know sweeping statements, but a lot of people that are over seventy might not be, um, they might not be used to listening to a younger person wanting to tell them what to do or suggesting how they might live their life so sometimes we have to name that where we're like listen you are an elder you've been around a long time and I recognize that so it's kind of noticing something that might be jarring for somebody who's older and has lived maybe a very full life and is maybe still really really independent in their 70s or 80s or whatever it might be you're older um so the idea of them cocooning might be really, really, really hard. And it might be even more hard that a 25 or a 30-year-old or a 35-year-old is phoning them and telling them that they're not allowed to go and do what they normally do in their day-to-day life. Hmm. So the next, those are all really good kind of um, uh, ways to enter into the conversation, I think. And um, definitely way better than uh, things I would have come up with, <laughs> which is just like, you know, what do you mean? Um, so I think the the next thing is, is if somebody is resistant, then um, yes. now a lot of the time people can shut down. They may not be telling you their real behavior. Um, yes. But if somebody's just saying, well, actually, no, I'm just kind of I want to keep working or I should be able to go for a drive or I want to go to the supermarket myself. Um, what kind of tactics can you use then uh, and you use the word gently to try and um, make that not happen or convince them of their own um, health I think it can be quite like tempting or you want to get to a solution really quickly so so a lot of people are jumping into like scare tactics but like ultimately if you're on to the phone with the loved one you don't want them to be like scared especially if they're on their own absolutely and I think again you're it's it's back to that same thing of noticing how you might be with that person and naming as best as you can how you feel about them to to them so say for example right go back to you picked up the phone you're having the conversation if you have the type of the type of relationship with that person that you're easily able to say listen I really care about you or you are so important to me in my life that I really 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 want I want to go over and put a, a bolt lock on your door so you don't go out um, I'm not going to do that clearly, but if you if you're able to have that kind of conversation with somebody and you know then that they can hear that and go, okay, I'm going to try really hard, or you know, fuck it, I I I won't go to Little tomorrow. So, or can you you can offer your own help if you're within the two kilometers, or or you know, you can go listen. I'll pick up your your bits in the shop if you're able to do that. A lot of the time, you, you, what what you said there was sometimes people might not want to listen, right? And that automatically makes me go into the word conflict. So again, before you pick up the phone, it's to ask yourself how do you react in conflict. So when somebody shuts you down in that in in a conversation, or if they're like, yeah, Grant, I want to do what I want. Don't tell me what to do. I want to go visit my brother up the road. Let me off and to do it. Sometimes what happens is if, it, it depends on your conflict style. If your conflict style is to shut down and kind of withdraw then you'll just get off the phone and feel terrible and you go they haven't heard anything and you're back to square one again so it's been able to breathe through the process of going oh, okay i hear that i might have 
hit a, a bit of a raw nerve there or something that's after really impacting you can we have a conversation about that because the other person's life is just as important as your per- as your want to help them stay in the house but i guess it's trying to convey that and hopefully it will land hopefully it will land in a way that they will maybe reconsider going out it's not going to guarantee anything mm. so it's, it's again going back to some of the footwork that we have to do to get into the conversation and it's sometimes way more important so we know how we might react if somebody might shut us down we know how we might react if somebody gets very upset on the phone if they get angry on the phone or irritated um and how do you best kind of ground yourself and able to go okay i don't want this to get into an argument but here are the reasons why i really want you to hear my point or my kind of whole world around staying staying in the house until this is all passed and you can get back to having your fantastic life after this is all done when you're healthy and happy at the end of this now all of this sounds really instructive and really amazing um but we know that humans are flawed and uh things don't always go to plan and sometimes it does actually lapse into a conflict and or sometimes somebody might be very resistant uh to what you're suggesting and um, then maybe stronger or more direct things need to be taken. I don't know. I don't know if that's a good, good idea, but I've heard people talking about like, OK, well, what is this person's like trigger to change their behavior? Is it like shaming them into something? Is it guilting them into something? Is it saying it's not about you? It's about everyone else or appealing to certain aspects of their personality Again, I get very squeamish about that because I don't want people to be upset. But at the same time, I'm very like I often rush to solutions and I'm just like, why isn't anybody doing this right now? You know, so how do you how do you utilize maybe stronger emotional tactics um, without causing upset or without them being um, counterproductive? Yeah, and and it's it's like it's a great question. It's around how do we move beyond if there's a conflict there, how do we move beyond that and still get a get the person to be able to hear what might be happening? And you're right, humans are really really complicated sometimes. When something is so simple, you're like, oh my god, all you have to do is stay in the house for another few weeks, and and it's not that simple, right? So. If somebody is digging their heels in and going, no, I am, I, I don't, I, I'm done with this conversation. I don't want to be talking about it. I'm still going to go ahead. Yes, there are many tricks and tactics that we can go down the route of. And it's funny, like shame is, we're never, we're, we don't want to go down that route. But it's, there, there can be a trigger like, what might the neighbours, you know, you don't want the neighbours to get sick or you don't want your, if people are going visiting other people, you're like, you know would you want anybody else if you were a carrier of something to like know that they might get sick in a few weeks or you can absolutely because that is a real thing that we are being told treat our eat every single one of us like we are carrying something and then modify our behavior it, it like in that way so it's reinforcing that suggestion again somebody might go i'm grand i don't feel sick there's nothing wrong with me i'm still going to go and do my things there is a small part that we will always have to hold, which is we cannot control another human being. If another human being decides that they want to go out for whatever amount of time to very inappropriate places at this point, especially in the elder population we're talking about, there is a certain amount that we are going to have to do the work. 
as like as the other family members, a friend or whatever it might be, where we have to then go, I am now, I have done my bit. I have said what I've needed to say. And I have, it, you, we, sometimes you know, we don't have these conversations once. I know for me, I've had this conversation with a few people a few times. And <clears throat> I think it's, it's showing up every time with loads of compassion and loads of gentleness and going, I know you're struggling to get the concept of having to stay in but maybe let's try it for a day. Maybe let's try it for two days and see how you get on. Like it's, and not to sound obviously condescending, but it's just to go constantly offering different versions of something. And then bringing in, it's not that we want to keep bringing in other people into the conversation. However, it can sometimes be helpful if you know that that person is very much influenced by their friends or by another family member, you can absolutely go, listen, would X, Y, and Z down in the bingo hall, you know, that you wouldn't want them to get unwell. So maybe let's consider the whole community aspect of it. You want to go back and do all the activities you might have been doing in the past. So if we do this for a period of time, we all do it together. Everybody's going to come out at the other end. Um, do you know, a lot of this, you know, like I was thinking about this over the last few, obviously, as everybody is, because it's all we're thinking about, about like mortality, right? It's It's something about... People over 70 are being asked to cocoon, which is a very particular thing. And I have no idea what it like, what it feels like to be 70 or over 70, right? And I imagine for a lot of people, they have not really considered their mortality. Because if you're really active into your 70s and onwards, I don't know how often people are thinking about death or dying or illness or to what level they are. And... On some level, on a, on a, we're all, everybody is asking this particular group to stay out of the rest of the world for a moment, which I imagine is really hard if you're at that stage of your life where you, mortality is a real thing. So you're a bit like, why am I going to stay in my house when I probably don't have loads and loads and loads and loads of years left? Do you know what I mean? So it's mm. a really, really, really hard thing maybe for somebody that they've never really had to think about or they haven't wanted to think about because as a society we won't we don't talk about death anyways, sadly. But there's something really, really difficult when we approach those conversations. That we might be in our twenties or thirties or forties. So there is a there is a like a time privilege there going, Hey, you're over 70 and I need you to stay in your house because I really care about you and I want you to be okay. But on the other end of that, there's a 70 plus year old going, everybody thinks we're going to die. And I haven't really thought about that yet. Mm. So keeping busy and keeping active and leaving the house and, and trying to stay involved in the world that they have created for themselves is possibly a self-soothing exercise also. Now, some of it might be just not wanting to play by the rules but a lot of it can be self-soothing cool so that answers questions around like what could be going into going going through people's heads and I've talked to my mum about this a lot like my mum is the most cocooned person ever um which is which is great and um you know her attitude would be like oh I can't believe that other people aren't doing this or whatever but at the same time I was saying to her I was like well look 
you and dad have have a house like an empty house to yourselves you have a back garden it's not mm-hmm. you know it's it's quite a pleasant setting there's loads of flowers and stuff like that and and she's like i'd stay here for a year if it meant i stayed healthy you know? <laughs> so i'm like well you know don't speak too soon but yeah. um i think yeah that's that setting thing is is interesting as well and the thoughts that might be going through people's heads um so yeah maybe if like people in their 30s 40s 50s consider like what if the government was saying all people in their 30s all people in their 40s have to do this particular thing like surely you'd you'd freak out you'd freak out if we knew that that something was if we knew that this virus was something that was going to hit all ages we would all be cocooning right now and it doesn't feel as ostracizing on some level Whereas we're talking about a community that you're exactly what you've just said, that experience social isolation a huge amount. And some people might be on their own. Some people might be, um, they might be widowed. They might have never, like they might have no community. And their, their one thing was walking around to, you know, to the pub or walking around to see their, you know, a sibling around the corner, whatever it might be, or going for a drive or going for long walks. And now they're being told not to do that. So there's, there is a percentage of, of those people because a lot of people are cocooning and they're doing it and there's loads of community help there and support there, which is fantastic. But there's loads of people that might not be doing that. Mm. Can because I ask... they are fit and healthy and they don't think it's going to affect them. Can I ask um, back to my um, strong, uh, strong arm tactics that clearly don't work? Um, <laughs> which I really love, actually. My <laughs> um, but... Um, one of them, I suppose, is how people respond to an individual. So um, yes. for me, let's say I'm quite extrovert and can be very um, dictatorial and direct. Um, and I think that sometimes, you know, when you're that kind of person, the minute somebody sees your name flashing up on their phone, they're thinking, oh, God, I'm going to get a bollocking now of, of this person or whatever. So yeah. is 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 it a fair tactic to maybe utilize other people in the family in the network saying well i've said my bit now you call them or you talk to them maybe or was that would that feel like an attack absolutely not if 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 everybody my favorite word is going back to compassion again if we if everybody on like literally everybody in this planet has a family whatsapp group it seems at this point (laughs) so it's a bit like but if we have the capacity to put all of the information into a family group that is let us please approach this person with lots of care and lots of compassion and lots of gentleness, no matter how they might respond. This is not letting people get away with bad behavior, by the way, or rudeness or, you know, we're able to. It's not about being a total pushover, but there's something about being very gentle and compassionate and careful about how we approach something as a group. Then everybody just kind of takes a moment. So that everybody's on the same page and it's like listen we are all here we're all in this together we are supporting this other person this older person to get through this as isolating as this might feel because that person over there might not be in touch with the rest of the family they might not you know they like i said they might be living on their own while everybody else is living with partners or living with you know what i mean Mm. so again it is i think having a group approach it's like an intervention of sorts where you have a very gentle group approach, um, yes, I think it's really good because sometimes trying to do that on your on your own, especially if you haven't had the language, it can be really, really, um, it can be very overwhelming, and it, it often can fall into conflict. Um, 
and we do not need conflict right now we need loads of compassion this whole thing is about having you know compassion and finally, um, Sarah, thank you so much for this chat. I, it's, I think it's been really helpful and I think loads of people will, will find it helpful as well. Um, yeah. Finally, how are you feeling? Oh, how am I feeling? I am feeling okay. You know, I, I think you know how I approach things sometimes in that I find this is a huge moment of introspection, which I, I you know, maybe because of my role and what I do, that's part of our that's part of our job is, is is being able to go in and try and unfold the process and you know what that might mean and what it might look like um it's there's been absolute moments of stress and uh you know domestos is my best friend right now <laughs> um you know this is just funny like every time i come home it, just, it smells like a swimming pool but i'm with the chlorine but on, on some level that's really i'm totally into it um, but I, I I really enjoy the pace that's happening in the world right now. I am not at all um, disregarding the stress that that is putting everybody under in terms of finances and jobs. And everybody is in that together, including me, all of us. But there's something about being able to take this moment to just slow down and Im- keep imagining what this, how our world or what I would like the world to look like after something like this. I think I get huge solace in that. Um, yeah. I think I'm okay, like, I have my moments, you know, as we all do, but I'm, I'm taking time to just take time out, even in the time out that we're already in. Great advice, Sarah. Thanks so much for that. I really appreciate it. Um, brilliant as always. And take care. Great to chat to you. Take it easy. Bye.